You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So I'm curious, Pam, uh, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, by the way, alongside my wife, Pam, each and every week. Um, But I'm curious, since we just came off of one holiday season among the holiday seasons, Mm. uh, being Thanksgiving week here in the States... How many people in the nation are the ones that are listening to po- this podcast or podcasts in general while traveling to see family? And how many, um, as you're listening, are there times when you're on your way there, you're you're kind of anxious or worried or concerned or not quite sure how it's going to go, so you nothing really soaks, soaks in? Or you're driving home and you're anxious and concerned, <laughs> worried about how it all went, that nothing ever... <laughs> Totally like soaks in and you're tired because yeah. <laughs> family is one of those things that uh, it's a blessing it to get with them and see them. But it also, uh, I don't know if I'll speak for me. Uh, there's times where I think I'm so much further along from the family disease, quote unquote. And yet when I get home, I realize maybe I'm not as far away from the family disease because there's still a lot of similarities and patterns that they just seem to repeat themselves. Oh, they do. It, but it, it's just that um, idea of love. I love being with family. I love the time together. But it, there is, there's always that dynamic that keeps popping up. And then there's responsibility, right? Especially in the era of aging parents and, and yeah. kind of the role reversal. and Yeah, and this isn't a disparaging statement at no, all about families. No, no, this no. is just the fact that families are families. That's why I am mm-hmm. completely biased that everybody needs good therapy and coaching because we're all born in families. <laughs> right. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio and to the Sexy Marriage Nation, uh, welcome back. It's good to see you. If you're just now finding us, we're glad you finally found us. Um, there is a whole slew of archive back there to work yourself through. Uh, to catch up if you want to. We love binge listeners mm-hmm. that find us and try to catch up through everything. But what what's going on with Sexy Marriage Radio is we are listener-driven radio. And so via your voicemails, which you can call in, it's 214-702-9565, or your emails, which since the life of the show over 10 years ago to today, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the inbox. inbox so and that's Yeah, that's been the heart of communication. Absolutely. So we want your questions, your thoughts. Um, we want to know what's going on with you, um, what we can talk about that would help you, because this is listener-driven radio. And to that end, we also ask you to help us spread the word. Uh, it's the holiday season, so the gift you can give your family members or your friends is grab their phone and subscribe for them. <laughs> right, And that way, podcasts are showing up each and every week on Wednesdays that will help enhance and speak to their life, hopefully, in their marriage, just to help every one of us be a little bit better, right. because that's what we're about here at Sexy Marriage Radio. And coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio are several of your voicemails that we've got in the queue, and we're going to try to just get through as many as we can. Okay. So it might be two, so it's not a three. Hot, it's not a hot seat. It's but not a rapid fire. It's not a rapid fire. Nope. Well, I called it but, the wrong thing. But we are going to see if we can get through several of these. Okay. Um, and then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. 
Um, we asked for the members of the Extended Content and the Academy to email us in any gridlock issues that they've got of a script, if you will, of what you say, what they say when it comes to addressing a gridlock pattern mm-hmm. in your marriage. And we've got some, and so we're going to work through them. Perfect. And that should be a whole lot of fun. And so if you want to join us in this, feedback at com. If you listen to the extended content, send us in something about your gridlock issue, and we'll help you see it in a different way and what's some better ways to maybe frame it and phrase it, and maybe that moves you down the road. Looking forward to it. All that's coming up on today's show. A while back on Instagram, you did a post and some stories on the, uh, on the topic of pornography, and it got me thinking, and I have a question. My husband struggled with porn before our marriage. We haven't discussed it in a while, and I'm a little nervous to bring it up. Have you ever been trying to actively avoid something, and then someone talks about it, and that temptation is heightened because now you're thinking about it? That's what I worry about by bringing it up now. Is this silly? We're usually very good about communicating, and he hasn't mentioned it in a long time, and our agreement has been that he'll tell me if he's struggling, so I just feel torn about what to do. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll speak to that one. From the wife who's walked those shoes before, doesn't matter if you bring it up or not, he's, he's probably thinking about it. You bringing up... Temptations or temptations? Temptations is not going to increase or lessen the temptations that are there and the thoughts that are there. You can bring it up in a fabulous way to be a support, to say that you care. This is on your mind. Mm-hmm. If it's something that is is bothering you and you're just, man, I, I maybe, maybe you have a gut instinct that really can tell that something's come up because we can read our spouses. We can, we know when something's going on. Everybody has tells and there's maps that are involved that yeah. we know. So yep. baby, Hey, it, I, I just want to be here for you. How are you doing? How are, how are you walking this path? Are you, are you really st- struggling with them t- t- temptations and giving into them? Or is there anything I can do for you? And it's, for me, that's how it was. The realization that it's going it, to, the temptation's there, whether mm-hmm. I bring it up or not. And if I don't want to address the elephant in the room, well, the elephant's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. True. Make it okay to talk about and show that you as the spouse can take whatever the answer is. If he says, yeah, temptations have been there and I've really been struggling and having a hard time with it. You need to think about that beforehand to realize how am I going to respond if he says it is a problem. So brace yourself on the, I can handle whichever way this may go. Yeah. Because I also hear another component in this, Pam. Okay. That, yes, there's this concern of, am I putting something in the thought process or the struggle Am I bringing it all front and center when maybe it's rocking along and it doesn't even exist? Mm-hmm. Where there's that element of if it's doesn't if it doesn't exist or it's no longer the issue, having it brought up to you won't be a concern at all. Right. But the other component of this is if I bring it up, will I get the reaction of when are you going to let that go? What's the problem with that? I, I haven't had anything like that in six months or, you know, because we can still get these negative reactions from our spouse who's struggling with something or has struggled with something. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's the fact of it, that they still think of it as you're constantly holding on to the past, which then means the person bringing it up, like in this case, 
the wife, mm-hmm. she has to embrace the fact that he might react to her in that way. She has to then own it as, I've got a concern about this. It impacts me. I'm not somebody that's uh, not affected at all by this, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. I'm looking out for me and us as well. And so there's just that element of on both sides. There is. There is. I I would want to ask the additional question of myself in that scenario. If my spouse does react that way, maybe it's on them because they're just being defensive and and they're still figuring out how to handle it all. Mm-hmm. But I've got to ask myself, am I the person that keeps bringing stuff up? Am I the person that won't let it go? So, so what's the motivation of it? Mm-hmm. Right. What's the undercurrent that's driving the I want to know? Mm-hmm. Because it can be a, this. It, it can be a collaborative thing. Right. Of we're in this together. It's a journey together that what you do impacts me and vice versa. Yeah. And I want to be here for you. But there also can be an element of I'm just watching out for you and controlling. And I'm just and it's usually self-preservation in some regards. Yeah. So look at what your meaning is behind it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why are you asking what's your concern? And um I just, I don't think that in a scenario like that, silence is typically the yeah, answer. The way you framed it and phrased it just a, a little bit ago, Pam, of the, it's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. The best thing we can do in marriage when it comes to elephants in our homes and in our relationships is name them, claim them, and, and address them. Mm-hmm. It shrinks them. doesn't make them always go away. Right. But it does shrink them. Right. And when one person overreacts to your bringing up the elephant, that's about them more than it is you mm-hmm. when it's coming from the goodness side and the collaborative side. Mm-hmm. And yes, as an aside, this was me reading an email as a voicemail, just to help close the loop for anybody wondering. That sounded just like Corey reading something there. Because you're pre-recording some stuff now just to plan ahead. Yep, thank Bingo. you. The art of marriage is really the art of keeping up to date with your partner of staying on track with your own and each other's life goals as they emerge, exist, and change. It's about supporting each other and staying connected emotionally, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. Marsha Berger, LMFT. A great marriage doesn't happen by accident. Deeper connection with your spouse doesn't happen by accident either. Have you reached the point in your marriage where there's a slow creep of discontent or disconnect? When was the last time you talked with your spouse about anything other than the schedule, work, or kids? What if there was a way to be reminded on a weekly basis to touch base with your spouse? The state of our union helps you remember and discover what brought you together in the first place. It's a tool designed to help couples keep the important from being replaced by the immediate. Plus, this works from your own phone. 52 reminders, deepen your conversation, dream, and plan together. Go to smrnation.com forward slash union. Connect on a deeper level today. Hello, your podcast as well as Anatomy of Marriage and Get Your Marriage On. Those are my three that I love and reference all the time. Thank you guys so much for what you do. I just have understood myself and our marriage on so many levels and still learning. So I appreciate that. I'm curious your thoughts on, and I would love to hear a discussion regarding arousal. My husband and I have been married 10 and a half years. We've got three kids. 
the longest time, I just kind of accepted our sex life for what it was and even began to be convinced that I just didn't work correctly, that I was broken, those types of things that you discussed, just didn't, couldn't figure it out. Um, that led to doing some of my own research in regards to how to orgasm, how to figure that out, which, as you can also imagine, led to viewing content that wasn't positive or healthy in the long run. Um, however, I was very surprised and completely caught off guard with how strongly viewing that process of masturbation to climax would result in almost immediate and really strong arousal. Um, and realizing how frequent that had become, I let my husband in on that, what was going on, and was able to slowly and eventually stop that since that wasn't something I wanted to connect to my arousal, um, to our sex life, stimulation, orgasm. The frustration kind of resulted in realizing how quickly that could happen and obviously that I wasn't broken at all, but not quite understanding why it wasn't as immediate and easy becoming aroused and climaxing with my husband. We've since been able to incorporate a vibrator, which has finally allowed for mutual climax for both and mutual pleasure. Um, I have no interest in pursuing using or doing anything with that same-sex arousal that I experienced. And viewing that, um, <clears throat> I find myself all throughout the day looking at my husband and thinking to myself how attractive he is and just catches my attention constantly all the time. So I guess my question would be thoughts and a discussion on the difference between arousal and attraction, being aroused by certain images, but most definitely in fully being attracted very much so to my husband and wanting to find that arousal and sexual climax with him. It's difficult um, and even causes guilt that I can't become as easily aroused with the man I love and, and my safe place. I'd just love to hear your thoughts on if you've ever experienced um, someone else talking about that and how to reshape, refocus what you, you know is possible. So this is a loaded one in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of hot button yeah. topics that she's addressing. Yeah, there are. And touching on. And it, and it ended abruptly because she ran out of time. <laughs> the oh, so voicemail, off. The okay. voicemail line is three minutes long. Okay. Um, so... But there's enough in here to unpack because here's let, let's kind of break this down because there's several components we probably need to address briefly at minimum. Okay. One is her main question of the difference between arousal and attraction. Mm -hmm. Another one I heard in there is where do our arousal patterns, tendencies, likes, dislikes, et cetera, come from? Right. Okay. That this is where you start to get into the, the taboo, touchy. Because now we're talking about fantasy in some regards. We're talking about uh, triggers, instigators, igniters, that kind of thing. Which mm -hmm. there's going to be a politically incorrectness, likely overlapping some of this. Okay. Okay. Um, then the other side of it is, <clears throat> how do I bring all of that that I've learned about myself into my marriage? So maybe it's all encompassed under one thing. Okay. Did you hear other stuff in there? Well, I imagine there'd be all kinds of things, but I think you're you're given a good okay. good broad umbrella to cover. 
So let's let's answer the first the last one first of how do I bring all of this into the umbrella of my marriage? Because what I'm hearing in that is a very common thing of how do I make it to where all of the stuff that turns me on, gets me going, and helps me get to a point of a threshold where I achieve orgasm is solely encompassed from my spouse. And in reality, I don't think that happens. Okay. Because I think there are a lot of things that are attractive and triggering for us. This is where we've landed on the framework here at Sexy Marriage Radio. Where do I steer these triggers? Where do I steer these arousals? Where do I steer these attractions? How do they culminate and actually play out in how I steer them towards the person I am, I am with? Because I can be get get this ping of something from all kinds of stuff in the world. I hear what she's saying and I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around. And so I'm going to, I don't know if I need to phrase a question differently or what, but I get it in that. Yeah. Steer, steer this focus to your marriage, to your spouse. But if my fantasy in my head isn't about my spouse, it's about something else. Okay. Where do I stand with myself? Okay. Okay, great. We had orgasm together and there was some connection there, but then I feel this gap between okay. what was going on in my head and where I was. Okay, physically. so that's that's layering on question two to question three in oh. my mind. Okay. Right? And I get it. I think that's completely fair and valid, Pam, to, to see it as I'm I'm looking at it as the way I frame this with couples or with individuals that are dealing with this kind of a struggle of just guilt of I feel guilty for the things that turn me on. I want to be pure to my spouse. Right. I want right? I, I want to be, be pure to to my what, commitment in the what covenant. My, what in the covenant? What right. my faith is, and maybe those right. in our minds don't. I jive. think our spouses are the source of and and the target of our sexual energy. Right? They're yep. the target mm-hmm. of it. They're not the sole source of it, though. They're not the sole source of it. And that's where I want to at least start the conversation. Okay. Right? Because I think there's a difference. And for a lot of people, when they're really trying to uncover what are the areas of my life that do bring about arousal? What are the things I'm attracted to? What are the things that really get me going? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I venture out into some of the areas that's like, oh, I had no idea that would be such a turn on. And then you got to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the wrestling in and of itself that produces the goodness, not the fear of not, of not even doing the wrestling, though. Good point. Right? And so I think that's where this is where it starts to get. It's such a it, this is so much easier to do when I'm talking to people one on one in that regard, because we have a little more freedom to explore. On, an, on a podcast, there's going to be this element of, are you saying it's okay to... I'm not doing a blanket statement with this of any fantasy you got. If it gets you going, go for it. No, but I think there has to be an element of, I can't be so um, averse to the reactions I get when I think about these fantasies to not at least have the courage to ask myself the questions of what's underneath it that got me going. Be curious mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that's different than condoning it and saying it's okay. 
But I think it's my question to be curious about it is a good one of what is it that could have been something that's such a turn on with this? What is it about the feminine? Because she even made a comment of learning the orgasm route through masturbation of watching some videos or reading about it got her mm-hmm. aroused because it was almost a same sex thing. Mm-hmm. Because if a woman trying to learn, she's probably watching women mm-hmm. in some regards. Because some of those how-to videos out there are very graphic. It's not porn. It's educational graphic, quote unquote. But it's still, it's full on display. Right. And so there can be this element of, oh, I'm I'm really drawn to that. Okay. So rather than it being the picture, what's the meaning of it that you're drawn to? What's underneath it mm-hmm. that you're drawn to? Because I think that's what our fantasies can be something that's trying to uncover is what is it about that particular fantasy or thought that is so arousing? Okay, now what's underneath it? That's the deeper question, to have the courage to explore it. Because then that gets into the first question of the difference between arousal and attraction. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of things in our world that are attractive. True. But not all of them will spark something in the pituitary gland to get the sexual juices flowing. And this is where it gets so nuanced. Sure, sure. So if you're, I, I'm, if you're attracted to your spouse, but not necessarily aroused, do you see that very often in your clients that are coming in? And Yes, I do. Yeah. And then I start asking the questions of, okay, at what point does, if you see it as, man, he or she is an incredibly attractive person. But it hasn't really started an engorgement process, a lubrication process, an erection process, any of those kinds of things where you start feeling the body responding. Then you ask yourself some pointed questions of, okay, look at our history. When did it kick in? Yeah. If we would, because a lot of times for the lower desire or more importantly, the responsive desire spouse, it's a mind decision the body then follows and catches up maybe. Mm -hmm. So you ask yourself. What was it that got you there, that got you engaged in and going in that moment to where all of a sudden now that attraction could have turned to a little more arousal? But I think there's also an element of realizing our spouses aren't always going to get us going, even if they're incredibly arousing to you. There's some times where it's just like, yeah, it didn't get there today. Yeah. But then you start asking yourself more questions of, how does this thing need to unfold for it to be beneficial for me and for us? Because yeah. does it always have to culminate in orgasm? Dr. Steven Snyder would say no. That's like icing on the cake. But what if she's someone that the spouse just never arouses anymore, right? I, so, you know, we've been together 10 and a half years and when we were dating and maybe early on, but now, goodness, three kids have come and for the last five years, you know, I find you attractive, but... I'm just not getting aroused. Right. And yeah, I mean, you're doing life together, right? And so and, every and, time you're together, maybe it's a punch list of, and this of is, stuff you feel like has to get done. Sure. But this is also where I think it's a, it's important for both spouses to ask themselves some pointed questions of what am I expecting in regards to my partner when it comes to our sex life? Am I expecting them to just be totally engaged in responding to everything that I do? Or am I expecting them to show up and be engaged according to the, how they are and want to be? That it's it's a fueling on both of us, but it's not the source coming from each of us. Or, you know, in the sense that it's all from you or it's all from me mm-hmm. for the vice versa. It's yeah. so it's you can you can start to uncover clues 
of these things by just being an observer. Mm -hmm. If you look at your history, and now she's realized it is achievable, and it's accomplished through the help of a vibrator, which is incredibly beneficial for them, yep. and, it, and it satisfies that goal for both of them. So fantastic. But keep it going to see that as what's the deeper connections that I've got going on? How am I following the connections with each other, not just attractiveness or not? Because when you start to see each other behind the eyeballs, there's a whole nother depth of energy there. That that's where your story of three kids together, the, ma- the family we're building, the life and the experiences we've had, that could become something that's arousing in time because you start to realize, look at the profoundness of what we're doing right? and what we've done, that that's not necessarily sexual, but it could easily become it. Right. Because that's more of, that's more than just physically having sex with each other. That's tasting the essence of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole lot deeper. And I think this takes it to where all of the things that are out there that could be things that get me going. Again, it comes back to where do I steer it? How do I take, take those thoughts captive? Okay. How do I act on those? And how do I see this as a growing process? Because there can be components of, I find my husband incredibly attractive, but if he had a little bit more of a swagger, or a little bit more of a touch, or a little bit more of what, now all of a sudden maybe we're on to something with arousing. And that's just kind of looking back at your history. What's kind of piqued your interest? What's kind of, ooh, that sent a shiver. Ooh, that I love that sway that you had when you walked past. I loved that outfit. I loved the way you confidently addressed that. I love, now all of a sudden you're getting, you're getting themes. Let me ask you this, because you're talking about a change that the other person would have to make to become, uh, to, to connect attraction with arousal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those are, those are things that maybe you can tell them what it was that led to that other, you know, the additional, the arousal. Are there things I'm supposed to be doing within my head? And I guess that's looking at what the meanings are behind things. Yeah. And, and being willing to, not pass so quick of judgment on the things that have worked in my past, quote unquote, Okay. to then move those down towards better parts of goodness and better parts of the way I want to be. Knowing I may not completely get it, but when I'm given my best, mm-hmm. that's better. And I'm growing and I'm moving beyond it. Because this is, I've, I've heard this phrase, um, and I think this works both ways with both genders. I think far too often, in married life, we settle for, I just want to have sex. Hmm. Okay. Rather than, I want to have sex with the person I'm married to. Hmm. There's a difference in those two statements, in those two drives, in those two desires. Because mm-hmm. one's just about getting off. It's a total one-sided, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, thing. Mm-hmm. Versus, no, no. I want to experience and taste the essence of the person I do, I do this life alongside. There's a different meaning there. There's a different connection. There's a different depth there. And a lot of times, the best way to start that process of journeying towards that, follow each other's connection when you're touching each other. Follow their hand with mm-hmm. your mind. Have them follow yours with their mind. Follow the act. Open your eyes. Connect each other with the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. That's the whole process of, of 
growing in confidence and connection with each other while at the same time holding on and maintaining yourself. Pam, this is a suggestion for Corey. I hope he can be solid enough to hear it. And as he states in a few recent episodes, words matter. So in that vein, I've listened to every episode, and uh, Dr. Allen finally gave me the courage to mention that Corey often says especially, which is not a word, instead of especially. So please take this suggestion into consideration. And, uh, yeah, love the show. Thanks for all you do. Signing off. John Doe. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you, John Doe. There are words. Uh, well, that one... I, there are things that people do and say that are distracting. Oh yeah, and especially this. <laughs> he just did that on purpose, John Doe. I I read that and I immediately thought of George Bush and all of the harassment he got. You know, nuclear, nuclear. and things like that. So thanks for the call in. We'll work on enunciation of words. Words do matter. They do matter, especially. Yep, I get it, and I catch it in my own mind at times, too, but I appreciate it. We keep saying, we want the feedback. Bring it. We all can be better for it, and we're going to leave it at that. I love that we have a a relationship with an audience that's so ingrained that he even used me in there. Corey gave me the courage to call up and call call out Corey. (laughs) Like I might need to rethink my plan a little bit. If I'm trying to get people to stand up for themselves, what's we're all going to be better. What's then. funny, I love that he addressed it to me so that I could talk to you about it. Because <laughs> there's other things that I've, hey, you say this a lot. How about you stop saying and, this so much? And John Doe, this is not the first time. This has been emailed in before awesome. from the past. I, when, I was, when I heard it too, I was like, I think someone else has pointed this out too. Maybe it was him from the past and he's never, That's it awesome. wasn't resolved enough. But this has been Sexy Merge Radio. Fix it now. <laughs> Wherever you are, however you've been listening, we thank you so much that you took some time out to listen and spend it with us. So we'll see you next time.